Thank you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our broadcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Open your Bibles, if you will, back to the book of Colossians like we were in last Sunday night. The book of Colossians, so we continue to looking at this short but wonderful love letter from Jesus about the supremacy of Christ and how He is the only thing that we need. If you want to recap with me, last week we talked about how well, the reasoning behind this, this short little book from Paul uh, that you had these group of people coming in to the churches and they were teaching that, number one, you had to follow some of the, res- the restrictions and some of the rules and regulations of the old law, which was so not true. And then you also had people that were coming in teaching this pagan doctrine uh, of worshiping of angels and things that they considered holy and, and superior. And so Paul comes in with this church and he writes this wonderful letter of just how beautiful Christ is and how above all, that is all that you need. And, and it is such a great reminder in a world full of so much, uh, so many distractions and things going on, easy to pull our attention that Christ is the only thing we need. The very first few verses, we talked about the idea of being who we are, where we are, of being Christ ambassadors, being people who talk, evangelize, For Jesus, where we are in our hometown, in our community, and making a difference. And then Paul, in verses 3 through 5, begins to talk about uh, their faith, their hope, and their love, and the power of all of those things when they are producing, when they come together and produce this amazing lifestyle. Now, we're going to pick up in verse 5 and read through verse 8 and talk about a few more things from this section this evening. He starts out in verse 5, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard is the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in spirit. Now, let's let's talk about the gospel for a minute, because Paul Paul uses some beautiful language here to describe the gospel, and and I and I love I just love what he says because it it adds some depth to a word. Okay, so the gospel that word is what I call a church word, and so and what I mean by that many times we use these words in church that, okay, so we use them, but what do they really mean? Do we really understand the depth of them? Or have we just used them so much in our life that we just, it's just part of our vernacular as a Christian? And he talks here about the beauty of the gospel, how it's growing. And he, and, he, and so let, let, let's see what, he, what Paul says the gospel is. The first thing he says, the gospel is the truth of God. The gospel is the truth of of God, and I love that idea of it just simply being the truth. Uh, we are in full swing election mode. The Democratic convention was this past week. The Republican convention is coming up this next week. One side wants you to believe that everything they say is the truth. The other side wants you to believe everything they say is the truth. We all know that you can't say two different things usually, and both of you be right. You know, that's we are in this kind of perpetual cycle in our country where 
the truth. It's just whatever maybe you want it to be. It's it's what this certain group says it is, and I'm going to follow this. I'm going to watch this news channel, and I'm going to believe everything that they say, or I'm going to watch this news channel, and I'm going to believe everything that they say, and I'm going to take it to the bank that what they say is true. But, you know, I'm going to tell you what, the only 100% true thing that we can sink our faith into and stand firm in is the Word of God. As we talked about this morning when he says, look, don't be anxious, be joyful, and you'll find peace. We can know that that is truth. When he says, be faithful unto death and I'll give you a crown of life, we can take that to the bank as that is going to be true. When he says, look, repent and be baptized and you'll be saved, we can take that to the bank because that is true. The Word of God, the good news, the gospel is truth. Now, we've done a good job as man of messing that up at times, but the purity of it what God says we can always hold on to as truth. And I love that. The next thing he says is the gospel is for the whole world. There has, in, in our lives, okay, in our lives, we are living in one of, in recent history, the most divisive times in our country. It's all about being a part of this group or that group or this group getting attention or that group getting attention. You got to, you got to bend to what this group wants. No, we're going to, we're not going to, we're going to do what we want. There is so much divisiveness, but the gospel is not divisive. The gospel is inclusive. It is for anybody and everybody. It is not a group. Uh, a lot of people want to think that Christianity is, is divisive, but it's not. Christianity, true Christianity. Now, like I said, sometimes as, as man, our heart can get in the way of it and, and distort the message sometimes. But our word from God is all-inclusive. It is for everybody. It's not just for us to hold to ourselves and keep to ourselves. It is for us to share with all the world. Now, when Paul wrote that phrase, you know, his idea of the world was, was the kind of the known world that the Roman Empire was really kind of, I mean, that, their idea of where the gospel was throughout the whole world was a lot less, there was a lot less spread of that word than there is today. Today, it's, it's amazing to think that this verse maybe has a deeper meaning through the Holy Spirit that the whole world in many ways has heard the gospel or has had access to the word of God and to the truth. And I just love the beauty of that idea. But then he says the gospel produces life and is growing. In verse 6, says, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing um, among you since the day you heard it. I love the idea there. I love the dynamics of growth. I love the dynamics of growth because this it means to me a couple of things, okay? Number one, you can look at it as that, I call it a journey, okay? You can call it growth in this particular term as he's using it as the idea that we're all maybe in different places. We're all growing in different ways. We're all maturing at different speeds. Some of us are still seeds. Some of us are small plants. Some of us are full-grown mature plants. Maybe you're on the first leg of your journey. Maybe you're on the third mile of your journey, the 15th or the 35th mile of your journey. But the truth of the matter is the Word of God is growing. The gospel is growing 
within us. And I like that imagery that as a Christian, we should do nothing but grow. All we should be about is growing, not staying still, even in difficult times. That produces opportunities for perseverance. That's, that's a moment of growth. We should be growing, living plants, if you will, of the Word of God. I have got, like many of you in my backyard, I've got some, some vines that grow in my backyard. And all summer long, I've been fighting this one vine that's been trying to take over this particular flower bed in my backyard, in the bushes, in the trees. And I mean, I, I've sprayed stuff and I've probably killed half the stuff in that flower bed. But my one goal this summer was to get control over that vine that was growing. And I mean, it's even growing across the yard. It's, it, and all it knows to do, though, all it knows to do is attach itself to something and grow. To attach itself to something and grow. And I think we can learn a lesson about that in our own lives, that our job should be to attach ourselves to someone and grow. That's discipleship. Attach yourself to someone. Find someone to share your faith with, to share in your faith with, and grow together. Whether you be bringing them up or whether they be bringing you up, attach yourself to someone and grow because the gospel is growing. And then the last idea that he says here is the gospel is the grace of God. The message of Christ, the good news, the message of the cross shows us, shows us that we can't do it alone. We can never be good enough by ourselves. But that's the beauty of God's grace. God's grace is free. There's no hoops to jump through to earn God's grace. There's no, there's no, uh, I mean, yes, there's, there's, there's a way into salvation. There's a way of putting yourself through baptism into the grace of God. But once you're there, you just got to be faithful to Him. And that doesn't involve this big, long step of, 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 a, of a thousand different ways to do things. I mean, it's not complicated. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. His grace is sufficient for us. We can never do it on our own. We don't have all these man-made regulations. It's simply about the grace of God. The gospel is the truth, and it truly is good news. And the good news of the gospel is grace. And when we live it, it brings faith, hope, and love in our lives and in the lives of others. Now, the next thing he talks about here. And, and, and you may think, well, how are you going to pull a lot out of this? But I think it shows something that you hear me talk about a lot. He says, you learn from Epaphras, our, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. Now, if you remember me saying last week that scholars believe that Paul never went to this place, that this church was started by this guy Epaphras, who was a disciple that was uh, converted by Paul. And Paul invested in this guy and, and brought him up in the faith. And then he went and planted this church in his hometown. Now, this is what I love about this. That this is what discipleship is supposed to look like. This is the idea of discipleship, that I am brought up by somebody, that I then get to the point that, that I'm still in connection with them, but I've grown and matured to a point, okay? The gospel has grown within me that I now go and I plant myself somewhere else and I continue to grow and impact other people and bring other people up as well. 
Epaphras is very much an illustration of what happens when faith, hope, and love are put into action. He brings other people closer to God. God's plan has always been for His believers, for His followers, to be the instrument that brings salvation, that brings grace to the dying world, that introduces it. They don't, they don't offer it, but they introduce it to them. And Epaphras does an amazing job of spreading that word. The question is, are we? Are we? Are we being that type of disciple? We all need to strive to be this type of individual that we plan ourselves and that we help other people grow. Okay, so, so that's kind of, like I said last week, this was kind of, this originally was one lesson and I didn't want, I didn't want the beauty of both parts to get lost in one lesson with too much stuff. So, so we split it up. So last week we talked about the power of being where you are and serving God. We talked about the influence of faith, hope, and love in our life. Tonight we see the beauty of the gospel and what it means for us. So as we take all of those things and put them together, what are some action steps that we can take forward in our life this week? Well, the first thing is this, be thankful when you pray. Be thankful when you pray. We talked about this a little bit last week. Instead of praying prayers that start with, Lord, please give me, let's start our prayers with, thank you, God, for all you've done. Let's be examples to other believers in thanking God for great things. Identify someone that you have a hard time loving. I'm convinced that there's at least one person in each of our lives who we have a hard time loving that we have a hard time loving. And if we're going to let faith, hope, and love define us, that means that we're going to have to love even those people who are difficult to love. So we need to find out who those individuals are. And with the Spirit of God, we need to pray about our relationship with them and look for ways to change our life so that we can love them in a greater way. The next thing is take the next step in your journey of growth. You know, one of the easiest things to do in the world is to go to church. One of the easiest things to do in the world is to go to church. To get up in the morning, what we did, come sit in the pew, let the song leader lead singing, let the, let, let the men pray for you. Um, you don't even have to pass the communion tray anymore. You just got to throw your garbage away. I mean, there's not a lot, there, there's not a lot that you have to do, really and truly. And so it's easy to get complacent. It's easy to sit in the pew and think I've done everything that I need to do. I've checked this off. But no, what a, the, the gospel in our lives is about growth. So I want you to evaluate your life. I want you to think about your life tonight, this week, and think, okay, what needs to change? What's the next logical step in my growth in Christ? What's my next logical not, not what's Matthew's, not what's Neil's, not what's the elders, not, not anybody else. What is your next logical step? What do you need to do to take that next step to grow closer to Christ and grow more in your service to Him in the actions that you show other people? What is that one? What is that one? I'm not talking five steps, 10 steps, 20 steps from now, because you look that far down the road, you go, there's no way I ever get there. What's your one step? What's your one step? to make you grow into a better Christian tomorrow. Think about that, pray on it, and then implement it. Put it into action. And then determine this week, 
to share God's grace with at least one person. With at least one person. And what I mean by that is just show someone love. Just show someone love. I'll, I'll, I'll brag on my wife just a little bit because yesterday we were in the parking lot of the grocery store and someone was a couple of spots over from us and we could just tell that by their body language she was, she was stressed out. And we rolled our window down and they rolled their window down. And Blair goes, hey, girl, are you okay? And with tears in her eyes, she goes, yeah. And, and, and we knew she wasn't. And with, I mean, before I knew it, Blair had jumped out of our truck and into hers. And th there wasn't even a thought of just leaving her. The, just her natural reaction was, I'm going to show God's, God's grace. I'm going to love someone. And it made a difference in that, in that lady's life. I, I know it did. I, those are the ways that we're supposed to be showing the grace of God. Those are the way that we touch people's hearts. That, that, that's what evangelism looks like today. Evangelism is so much different today than it was 40 years ago. It's not about book, chapter, and verse anymore. And you may disagree with me on that. I'm not saying that it's, that's not important. That's not your foot in the door anymore. Your foot in the door is love. Your foot in the door is love with people. And so this week, find a way to love somebody that maybe is not loved very often or that maybe in that moment needs a great amount of love, be that person to show them the loving grace of Jesus. And you never know the difference that it might make in their relationship and walk with God. So, so that brings us kind of to an end of our first thought from the book of Colossians. I want you to know that, you know, we talked about some challenging things this morning about not giving over into anxieties and different things. I know there's still a lot of things in a lot of people's hearts and minds. I want you to know this week that my door is always open. My phone is always on. Feel free to reach out. Let me know if you need anything this week. I will be there for you. Our leaders will be there for you. If there's anything you need, please let us know. Let's, let's close with a prayer, and then, the, and then the night, the day will be yours. God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this moment. Thank you so much for this church family. We thank you for the grace and the mercy that you show. We thank you for the servants' hearts that are represented in this family tonight. And we pray that we take the next step in our faith and our, in our life, God. May we always strive to serve you in a better way tomorrow than we did today. Thank you so much for Jesus and his sacrifice. May we never forget that. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. There is a God. If this program has been beneficial to you, please